Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. The it is time for the Garden Wise Show here on Legends A10 KLVZ AM 95.3 FM. In case you didn't know where that was on your dial. And this today is the 12th of March, 2022. We're the Garden Wise Guys. I'm one of them, Jim Borland. The other one is Keith Funk. He's over there. Well, hey, good morning. Yep, indeed it is. And uh, we're going to do a garden show here this morning. <clears throat> it's getting to be that time of year, although last week was not a gardening time. At least outdoors. Definitely not. Oh, you broke some low temperature records for March. Good Lord, jeepers. It's going to be 60 today. That's what I like <laughs> about this. <laughs> Mine is 7 the other day, and here it is going to be 60 degrees today. All right, uh, and the way to get in here and talk with us about your garden stuff uh, is through the phone. And the phone number is 303-477-2473. We like right stuff. We like stuff, so let's talk stuff. Gardening stuff, anything you have in your mind. You could be seed sowing. You know how to do it. Are you running into problems because it didn't work last time? Let's figure that out, and we'll make it work this time. We know how to do that. We've done it a couple times. <laughs> Not our first rodeo. <laughs> no, it isn't. We've failed more, more times than probably anybody. I, I still fail. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> I, I didn't go down... Down to the grow room the other day. I normally go down daily to check everything because oh, sure. now I've got seedlings coming up and that sort of thing. Yeah. I failed to go down one day. Well, a couple of the seed flats got too dry and lost everything on those seed flats. All, all it takes is one day. One day. One day. Yep. So if you're uh, sowing seedlings and not keeping them moist, that's why they're not coming up. Or it could be <clears> too <throat> moist and they're damping yep. off. <clears throat> or not enough light and they're stretching and yep. flopping over. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. Yeah, really, really, really there are. That's why we're here. Uh-huh. But I am a firm believer in propagation mats. I tell you what. Yeah. A heating mat underneath your, underneath your seed flats yeah, and underneath your cuttings. That works, too. Um, <coughs> you know, I, I've been telling you that and posting on Facebook every once in a while about my, my new passion of growing spores from seed yes or from growing ferns from spores there we go yeah you don't grow spores (laughs) (laughs) nor do you grow fern seeds no (laughs) you grow ferns from spores that's right they don't have seeds and that's working really well but i i thought why don't i just pop these on a propagation tray because i wasn't they weren't on there before I, i had perfectly good luck with it last year without using the propagation mat so I thought, well, I'll pop some of them on the propagation mat and see if there's a difference. And man, yep, do it do make a difference. I mean, I could see a difference in a week. Yep. And it, growing ferns from spores is a long-term proposition. I mean, you're talking eight or nine months before you have something large enough to plant outside. And one day, but not attending to them. Yeah, one day. <laughs> and and away they go. Uh huh. Yeah. Or transplanting it with the wrong time. 
I've learned that too. You have to let them get to a certain yeah. size yeah. before you disturb them out of the main propagation. Yeah, and when you when you sow them, there's like a bazillion spores that you're. Oh sowing. my gosh! I mean, you can't count them. You They're can't. No, it's like dust. So it's finer than dust. They have a tendency to come up in clumps. Mm-hmm. It looks like one plant, but there's probably thirty or forty. In yeah. This clump. <laughs> so yeah, I've learned how to deal with that, and uh, man, they're growing like crazy, and. You know, it makes cuttings grow faster or root faster. Yep. Sometimes there's a there's a salvia, and I don't know what the name of it is. It's one of those big growing salvias with the dark blue flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have one in the house in the, in the grow room where I'm taking cuttings from. And I was taking cuttings like I normally do and sticking them, and I wasn't putting them on a prop, a prop tray or a prop mat. And they weren't taking they were just rotting yeah but other salvias i had a couple of other t- varieties of salvias I'm do- they're, d- they're just fine without being on the prop mat but this particular one is fussy <laughs> every plant's different by the yeah. way every, everyone is different and I, I was watching a gardening show from the uk and they were showing how to take cuttings off of this that and the other thing and Every single time they'd stick cuttings, they'd stick them along the edge of the pot, right against the wall of the pot on the periphery, mm-hmm. not in the middle. And so I tried that. Works really nicely. I'd never <laughs> heard of that before. <clears throat> yep. There's more oxygen there. I guess so. Yeah, that <clears throat> interface there. Yeah. And uh, if, if you use a round pot, that's one thing, but then they would use square <clears throat> pots once in a while, so they stuck them in the corners. I'm not sure that's necessary. <laughs> if it works, if it works, uh, we're not going to be telling you that that's wrong. You can't do that. But I started putting <coughs> that blue salvia. Started taking cuttings, putting that in the on the prop mat and under a dome. Mm-hmm. Bang! They they'd root in a, in ten days. Yeah, makes a big difference. Really, it does. So I can't I can't recommend them enough. Is to get a propagation mat at the garden center. All you have, it's just something you roll out and you plug in. It's got a built-in thermostat. Uh, they're not expensive. At least in my mind, they're not expensive <laughs> for what they do. And they don't use much electricity at all. No. Uh, and, they, and they maintain the soil temperature up around 70 degrees. Mm-hmm. And that's where you want the warmth is at the root level. Yep. And that seems to work really, really well. And it speeds everything up. And by doing that, you can keep the air temperature lower. Yeah. Because it no longer mm-hmm. needs to be at 70 degrees. And then if you put a dome over it, that yep. traps, traps that warmer heat, air. Yep. And so the and then yep. the, and the humidity. And humidity, yep. But then you have to be careful because <coughs> once the seeds come up, you don't want to keep that un- uncirculated air. I mean, you want to you crack your dome. You want to allow for some fresh air to get in so that you don't have problems with mold or anything like that. That's the other problem. Well, it's what they call protected... Horticulture, <clears throat> meaning that um, everything's protected, including fungus. Oh yeah, yeah, and diseases and insects are protected, and mm-hmm. they're going to propagate themselves faster under these protected environments, rather than being out in the wild, where you have chickadees and other things coming in and eating all those bugs. Yeah, <laughs> well, some flora and fauna yeah. are okay. <clears throat> in fact, uh, probably desirable, especially in, at the root zone. There's beneficial. Beneficial oh, yeah. fungi yeah. and bacteria and that sort of thing. I was checking out uh, <coughs> my, uh, my cannas that are growing like weeds. 
under lights. And I check them weekly for bugs. I'm scared to death I'm going to get spider mites. So far, I've been okay. But I was looking at them this last week, and there's one leaf out of an entire pot full of sprouts, one leaf with aphids on it. Yeah. Where did they come from? I don't know. I, I, I truly don't know because I get them in, in our porch as well. We protect plants over the winter. And as much as you spray them and take care of the bugs before you bring this stuff in, mm-hmm. you only need to miss one. Well, and that's what I was noticing is that there's, there was one mature-sized aphid yeah. and then this whole colony of little tiny ones, <laughs> little ones. around it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they, don't need, they, don't, they don't need males and females. They can give birth <coughs> to live young. Yeah. Yeah, the females can give birth to live young. And they can also lay eggs. And they can change their sex, too, as I recall. (laughs) And they can produce wings at various times of their life. Uh Uh-huh. And other times not. Yeah. So it's a weird situation. So I found those, which was a small colony. There might have been two or three dozen aphids. Yep. Wiped them off. And I thoroughly checked the rest of the pot. Couldn't find a single thing. So I didn't spray it, but I'm going to keep an eye on it. And today, you could move them outside once the temperature gets up <laughs> and spray them outside. Do you know what size pot that is? Oh, I know. That's a big pot. It's one of those things, you know, that you need a two-wheeler and Yeah, well, I have one of those, guys. too. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I move them in, is usually using the hand truck, as they say. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but um, have, your se- have you been doing some seeding? I have not yet. I don't have any room to put seed pots. I don't have a, a cellar f- fixed up with lights and all that sort of well, stuff. Well, you do outside. <clears throat> I do the stuff outside. And, yes, I've been sowing things and putting them outside and then throwing snow on top of them, which is kind of handy because it keeps them nice and moist, and I don't have to go out and water them throughout the winter if there's snow on top of them. But the snow's going away now. I know. I had yeah. like two and a half, three feet of snow on there. Well, there's only like less than a foot now. Uh-oh. you got to start watering, huh? Well, I'm going to. I'm going to talk to the snow gods and get some more snow. We don't want more snow. <laughs> <laughs> or I can make my own snow if I get one of those machines. Oh, yeah. That would be yeah. worth that would be worth the investment, wouldn't it? Well, I'm not sure of that. Those machines are costly, I understand. Although I wonder, in the bigger nurseries, in the, in the right place in the country, if that wouldn't be beneficial is to make snow and throw it all over your pots outside. <clears throat> Cover them entirely with snow for the entire new entirety of the winter mm-hmm. i think that would work with uh, a lot of plants not all but a lot of them well, that's called stratification and vernalization and vernalization yeah that goes on too which is another subject altogether but if you have a question about vernalization why give us a call at 303-477-2473 i ordered some seeds i find haven't gotten them yet <clears throat> but i've been looking for you know kufia yes which cigar plant. Cigar plant, a firecracker plant, yeah. or something like that. Tubular red flowers. Very, very pretty, I think. Mm-hmm. And the hummingbirds like it. Well, there's one on the market, the most popular one, called Vermilion. Yes. It's only like a foot tall. I don't want that one. You want the big I one? I want the big one. And those are hard to find. I mean, they don't sell them in the, in the garden centers anymore. <clears throat> so if I get seed, I can grow my own. And it, it's Kufia ignea is the name of the one okay. I'm looking for. Which would be red. Which is red, yeah. and uh, it gets two and a half, three feet tall, which is what I want. And covered why, in why do flowers. you want the big ones? Because I want to put them in pots outdoors. Mm-hmm. And I want lots and lots of hummingbirds. There you go. <laughs> 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 I 
hummingbirds in my in our in our landscape hmm. you get one or two in the springtime and maybe one or two in the fall if they're flying back south again oh really but during the summer typically not i don't get any hummingbirds well you're kind of in the middle of town well i'm in the middle of town and isolated in terms of gardens yeah that's true because nobody else in my neighborhood gardens yeah. like anywhere close to what we do because i live in centennial here <coughs> we have hummingbirds all summer long yeah but you got some nice ripe, riparian areas, kind we of, do. sort of close open to you. Open space there, yeah, yeah. Open space and weedy trees and weeds and yeah. all that good stuff. And water. Yeah, and water. So, yeah, I would expect that you would get more hummingbirds than I do. I can put feeders up and I plant red flowering plants and, eh, not interested. Not interested. I like the, um, is it the broadtail? <coughs> The broadtail that makes, or is it the roof? Which one makes that trill, a high trilling noise when it flies? One of them does. It's either the broadtail or the rufus. I think it's broadtail. Rufus uh, is, is the, is the, who's there? He, rufus, he is the thug. The thug? Yeah, he's the thug. Okay. And if there's, if you got two hummingbirds of uh, different species, the rufus will take over. And it's smaller than all the rest. Yeah. It is. Really rambunctious. He didn't like anything. Well, one of them makes a, a noise when they <coughs> fly. Yeah. And and typically I, I hear them before I see yeah. them. Yeah. That, that's how I find them too, typically, is I, I hear one mm-hmm. and then I start looking for it. I haven't seen any Rufus in our house, I don't think ever. Hmm. And the Rufus is a little brown, iridescent, goldy thing. Yeah. Kind of nasty. He's he's the thug. Now my na- I have some neighbors who are very much into hummingbirds, and uh, now she told me that down in the area that I live, that they've had calliopes, really, and annas. I know the names. I've, I've seen nev- the pictures. I've never seen either one of them in person. Hmm. Give her a call, and ask her to give you a call when they come. When in. they come in, yeah. yeah. I'd like to go see that, especially the calliope. They're kind of fun to look at. But uh, I was transplanting this last weekend, or this last week, excuse yeah. me. I have um, romaine lettuce seedlings that I transplanted into six packs. You'll be eating that out of the cellar before you put them outside. No, I don't think so. Uh, we'll see. And uh, I transplanted, what else did I transplant? Oh, some Swiss chard, that uh, that colorful mix. Yeah, the rainbow mix, yeah. Rainbow mix, yep. yeah. I've got some rocket, which other people call arugula, oh. coming on that I'm going to, is not ready to transplant yet. I know rocket snapdragon. Yeah. You, you remember that one? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's still it, around. Is it still around? Yeah. Um, that's Tall. one. That's one that guy I worked for once. He's the one that developed that. Okay. Yeah. That, we're talking way back. I guess. <laughs> that's a tall grower, though, isn't it? Is it? A, About well, three feet? Well, they call it the rocket, yeah. Yeah. Nice for cut flowers. It was probably developed during the time um, NASA, or that wasn't NASA at that time, was sending rockets up when they absconded the name and put it it to the Snapdragon. There you go. I also took a bunch of cuttings of things that I want to have for this spring from stock plants that are getting too big. uh, I also ordered seed of Ceteria palmata. Ceteria, what's that? That's a that's a palm leafed grass. Oh, big wide leaf. Uh huh. Kind of looks like a palm leaf. Wow. 
uh, I, I discovered it in Hawaii when I was there. Okay. I brought some seeds back once. And so it's a tropical. And, uh, yeah. And brought the seeds back and grew them for one year, and, you know, it's not hardy. So I lost it. Didn't have any more seed. And all my old seed isn't any good. Speaking of which, uh, I looked for the seed that you asked me to look for in my seed files. Mm-hmm. Agastache, Barbara, I, I don't have it anymore. Okay. I think I threw it out because I've tried it several times and nothing ever came up. Gotcha. So. I'll, I'll pester Paniote about it, see if he's got some or a source for it. I don't think I've seen it anywhere. I've tried looking for it online. I get information about it, but I don't find where to buy it. Oh, really? <clears throat> I find out one of the easiest way to get seed of plants is to type the the species in to yeah. the into the search box, and then immediately go to images. Uh huh. And you'll see you know thousands of images right. of the one you're looking for. And typically, if you put in the species and then seed for sale, yeah, and look at the images, and people will have seed of lots of stuff. I will try that. Yeah, it works. I would like to get that one back because it's a it's a a big agastache. Oh, it's like three or four feet tall. At least four feet. Yeah, and uh, I recall it pinkish red flowers. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, bloomed like a fool all summer long. I don't know why it's not used more. It was a good perennial. It lived for a number of years, and most agastaches I find are somewhat short lived yeah. as a perennial, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I like the bigger plants. Oh, I do, too. I, I like big plants. I don't like flowers. those little... Unless it's a rock garden, I don't like those little dwarfy things yeah. that <clears throat> have been bred all the brains out of them <laughs> to keep them short <laughs> so they look pretty in a six-pack or yeah. a four-inch pot. But I like the bigger growing stuff that Folks, you if can you're, see uh, from the uh, window uh, in uh, the house. <laughs> That's right. Well, it was a, there, was a, there was a trend, and still a trend going on, uh, with smaller plants, almost everything uh-huh. available. And now it's hard to find the originals, the bigger ones. Well, think back when we were kids, and you'd go to the to the local guy um, <clears throat> in Newton. When I was a kid, there was one person in town. His name was Charlie Martin, the Tomato Man. <laughs> and in his backyard, he had cold frames and a couple of greenhouses and that sort of thing. And and he'd grow all these bedding plants and things for people to come by in the spring, yep. including tomatoes. Mm-hmm, but um, that was my first experience <coughs> of buying plants like that. And you bought green plants. Yes. You didn't buy plants that were in color. You bought green plants. That's right. And there were signs that had pictures of what, they were, what the flowers were going to look like. Yep. Just like you're buying seed out of a seed catalog. Yeah. You're comfortable doing that. Why can't you buy a green plant with a nice picture? People want flowers. Yeah. Flowers. So sell. that's what the breeders did is they went through and they just started breeding everything down so it would bloom in a six pack. Yeah. When it only had four leaves. Four leaves and, and flowers. Yeah. Yep. Well, I don't like that. Yeah. I I agree. I agree. I agree. And one one of the ones that we have to take a break here pretty soon, one of the ones that was almost disappeared from commerce was the tall zinnias. Mm-hmm. They're back. And now they're back because people want them. Right. The old one was uh, State Fair. State Fair. You can still buy that. Yeah, I can still buy that. Now there's that Sensation <coughs> yep. series that all the different great, beautiful colors. Yep. So the, the big stuff is coming back. Just, you know, think of the Nicotiana Silvestris, the tall flowering tobacco. Yes. That gets six, seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. 
that's an awesome plant to have in the garden. Well, yes. So are the tobacco, tobacco plants. Yeah. The ones that grow for, you know, cigarettes and, mm-hmm. and cigars so and big, all the rest. Big, big leaves. leaves. Yeah, yeah. And, and typically pretty pink flowers on top. Mm-hmm. And then, speaking of pink, uh, verbena bonariensis, <coughs> the tall yes. verbena that you can just kind of sprinkle in through the border and yeah. it comes up and I like the way it moves in the breeze. Yep. And now they have doors. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> They're I, stiff. I know. Now you have to be careful where you put them because you want to see them once they grow. Well, yeah. And I guess the dwarf ones look fine in mixed containers. Of other smallish, smallish plants. Yeah. Yeah. But they're very stiff. They don't, they don't have that grace that the big one does. I agree. Well, folks, if you have uh, problems finding plants uh, in the past that aren't available now, maybe, maybe we know here where you can get them. Give us a call at 303-477-2473. And while you're thinking about that, we're going to take a short break and come back right here on Legends 810. It's like the difference between soft, gentle rain. And a monsoon! That's how I compare the effect of a Dram Rain wand on plants to the hard blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the Dram Rain wand's soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60 degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use DRAM watering tools. Today, there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original, invented over 50 years ago. They're simply the best. DRAM watering tools are available at Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Gardens, Jared's Garden Center, and Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse. Whoa, stop right there. Now that you've got the hole dug, what's next? Add Mike, of course. That's M-Y-K-E to ensure your plants will get off to a great start. Mike is a revolutionary and proven product that helps plants thrive here in Colorado soils. The secret is a concentrated form of the beneficial fungi mycorrhiza that are found growing naturally with the roots of plants. Mike's beneficial fungi team up with the plant's roots to increase their surface area, boosting the plant's ability to find and absorb water and nutrients to produce stronger, more vigorous and productive growth. It's all organic and easy to use. Simply apply Mike directly to the roots as you transplant your new plants and jump back. Well, it's not quite that dramatic, but the results will amaze you. There's a mic for all your garden plants, including one for flowers, vegetables, and trees and shrubs. And now you can experience the amazing effects of mycorrhiza in your potting soil. Pro-mix potting soils are perfect for your summer pots and planters, as well as hanging baskets, raised beds, and even houseplants. Make this the year you harness the power of mycorrhizal technology in your landscape with Mike Growth Enhancers and Pro-Mix Potting Soils, available at your favorite local garden retailer. As always, tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you. 
Do you have insects on your roses? Do you have borers damaging your trees and shrubs due to stress or the drought? Fertile Oak Tree and Shrub Soil Drench is a great product that will give you season-long protection against many insects. Fertile Oak Tree and Shrub Soil Drench is a systemic that can act as a preventer or a curative for insects that suck or chew on the leaves or bore under the bark. This may be the easiest product to use. Simply measure, mix in a bucket, and pour around the base of the tree. No messy spraying involved, and an application can last up to one year. Apply in early spring so your plants are fully protected before the bugs show up. Protect your trees with Fertilone Tree and Shrub Soil Drench. Find it at your favorite local independent nursery, garden center, or hardware store, including Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Jared's Nursery in Littleton, and the Flower Bin in Longmont. Be sure to tell them that the Garden Wise Guys sent you. Now that the weather is starting to warm up, you'll want to protect your ornamental and vegetable garden from various beetles, weevils, and borers, including Japanese beetles. And what better way to prevent these pests from destroying your garden than by controlling them while they're larvae? GrubGone is an easy-to-apply granule product that can be spread on your turf to successfully control grub invaders. Developed by Phylum Bioproducts from a naturally occurring bacteria, GrubGone is a non-chemical byproduct that specifically targets only certain scarab pests. And it's safe to use around bees and other beneficial insects. And it is a non-chemical choice for areas frequented by kids or pets. Yes, and once you see the adult beetles flying around your yard, BeetleGone is an organic water dispersible powder that can be sprayed directly on your edible plants. And did I mention it is certified for organic gardening? Find out more at phylumbioproducts.com. Phylum Bioproducts. Target the pest, not the rest. You'll find GrubGone Granule and BeetleGone Powder at your local independent garden suppliers, including Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Garden Center, and Jared's Nursery and Garden Center. And we are back. We hope to be taking your phone calls, and we're going to do that. We have two people that give that has given us that have given us a call. Let me get my verbs in the right order here. And you two can give us a call, 303-477-2473. Why don't we start with Mary Kay out in Littleton. Good morning, Mary Kay. Good morning. What's going on with you today? Well, first of all, I have to thank you because one day I was scrolling through the radio dial and I heard your voices and I was just so excited because I used to listen to you all the time on that other station yes. that we miss drastically. Anyway, this this is a good facsimile, although, <laughs> it, anyway. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to hear your back, turn you on. Last week I tried listening for the number and I got distracted. And Anyway, got it today. I have a very funny-looking... Um, snake plant, mother-in-law's tongue, whatever you call it. Uh It used to be upright, and there's still some of the the leaves or whatever you call them, the plant, in the center that are upright, but a lot of them are flopping off to the side. I've tried tying it gently um, to keep it upright, do that for a couple of weeks, and then I cut the cut the bind and and let it go natural again and it's it's really weird looking <laughs> it does it does not look like it's supposed to how 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 tall are the leaves or how long are the leaves oh my gosh they're they're um 
Okay. Oh, they're they're way over a yard. Oh my tall. goodness. Yeah. yeah. They're And can you t- getting, can you tell us what kind of light you have it in? Um it's next to a patio. It's not in front of it. It's just right next to it. And the patio faces what direction? South. South. And the patio I assume has a cover roof over it. It has we have an electric awning in the midst of the summer we'll pull out otherwise i have a big you know there's a a drape right there on the on the patio glass that i you know so you get lots of light then coming through there in the winter yes Mm -hmm. Hmm, because i was going to say it sounds like it's it needs a little more light okay those leaves get kind of floppy if they don't if they don't get sufficient light or possibly a little less water you know, I've I've done that. I think maybe at one point I might have overwatered it. And then I remembered back to a time when we were in Mexico, and there was one on this big patio that that you know we were on that unit, and it was dry as a bone, and it was so beautiful looking yeah. that I thought, okay, maybe <clears throat> that's the secret. So I'm going to ignore it for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I would let it get fairly dry between waterings and. Um, th- those floppy leaves aren't going to come back up. No. Okay. Can I cut them off? Yeah, sure you can. Mm-hmm. You bet. Okay. That's what you want to uh, do now is any new growth you want to make sure has, like Jim said, enough light and doesn't stay wet too long because that will create soft growth that won't be able to support its own weight. Okay. Uh, maybe that's what I did. Uh, a friend of mine who's quite into plants said they like to be root-bound. She thought maybe I should put it in a smaller pot. You know, that's, that's going to, a small pot will help it dry out faster, but, you know, in nature, they're never root-bound. Okay, all right, okay. I'm going to leave it then, but I'll just cut these. Do you just cut them down at the, at the uh, dirt level? Yeah, you can cut them as close to the dirt level as you can, as you want okay. to. Okay. Try not to okay. cut more than about half the leaves off at any one time, though. Yeah. All right. Okay, just gently a few at a time? Yeah. Okay, and then is there any way that those could be re-rooted or anything? Um, there is, uh, but I think I'd, I would advise you to get some nice, healthy leaves before you try that. Okay. <laughs> I think you're right, looking yeah. at them now. And as, as far speak. as watering goes, uh, my mantra in the wintertime, at least, is that when you're in doubt of whether or not the plant needs to be watered, don't. Okay, all right. That's in the wintertime. In the summertime, you can reverse that. Mm-hmm, okay. But with this plant, they likes to be on the dry side anyway. Yeah, uh-huh. well, hearkening back to that plant in Mexico that, you know, on the third level of a place, you know darn well it didn't get Was well, it growing water. in full sun in Mexico? Yes. Okay, I've often wondered whether you can grow... You probably should be able to grow them in full sun. Oh, easily, yeah. 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 I, I don't okay. know it's a good idea to take it from the inside and put it out in the direct hot sun immediately. Uh-huh. Okay. But, yeah. I could roll <laughs> it over in front of the patio glass. I mean, in, in our patio faces south, it's like a desert. So it, it <laughs> might do very well. It might do well, indeed. Might, and by the way, okay. when you do water it, if it's in a saucer, and it probably is, if you can, don't let that water sit there. Okay. Yeah, d- empty it yeah, out once it. Uh, the water is run through. It's it's in a big pot because it's oh. a big plant. Uh-huh. It it just did so well for so many years, and, and I'm thinking, what on earth happened? What did I do to it? Well, so, if indeed the water does sit in the pot after you water it, uh, consider 
uh, lifting the pot and putting, I don't know, some flat rocks or something in there so it's not sitting on the bottom of the of the saucer. Okay, all right. Or Great. use an old turkey baster to suck out yeah, the I extra water. Too. Oh, all right. Okay, will do. Thank you, guys, and uh, listen, I'll look for you to have every, every Saturday because it brings back good memories of well, that other well, radio Well, thank you much, station. and, and yeah. uh, today go to all your neighbors and tell them about us. <laughs> oh, I, I, I will try. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll make a banner and put it on my there you car go. and drive around. Perfect. Okay? <clears throat> All right. All right. Gotcha. Thank you, guys. Thanks for you calling, Mary. Thanks for calling. Sure. Bye-bye. Bye. We, maybe we should hire a biplane with pulling a banner and pull it all over the metro area. Or a triplane. Those are harder to find. Or a quadruplane. Fly. No, they don't make those. <laughs> <laughs> the tri- I don't know if they call it. They call them triplanes? Biplanes, they call them. The, yeah. the two wings. Um, yeah, like you do at baseball games. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that'd be I, cool. I, people will pay just as much of attention. <laughs> <laughs> I always look up and try to figure out, because when I look up, it usually it's backwards. Yeah. It's flying the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. I, I totally know that. Even as a kid at Coors Field, I used to love seeing those. Yeah. Is yeah right? And then you try to figure out, what yep. is that? What does that say? <laughs> Which is exactly what they want you to do. So it works. All right. Let's see. Where are we at time-wise? Let's go right back out to the phones. Brenda is waiting to talk to us about starting seeds. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning. How are you guys? Great. Thanks for calling the GardenWise guys. What can we do for you? Uh, Well, I was just wondering, um, do I leave those heat? You know, I have those gardening heating pads that I put under the seeds I start and I have not had success in the past, so I'm going to try it again. Do I um, turn those off once the seeds have germinated? No, I leave them on there until I'm ready to transplant those seeds out of the seed flat into individual pots. And then I take them off the tray, off the mat. Okay, um, here's another uh, issue. I'm, I'm going to start them this next week, but I'm going out of town from April 9th to the I think the 21st or something. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if my husband's going to be able to take care of them. What do I, how do I tell him to do that? <laughs> uh, an easy way is to get a tray uh, that doesn't have any drain holes in it and set your seed pots in a tray um, on top of the mat and just tell him to put a half an inch of water in the bottom of the tray every time it gets dry. Okay. All right. That's good. Um, but I'm I'm starting them in those long flats, so I can just um, put those inside another tray. Is that right? You mm-hmm. could. Yes. It, now, if it fits perfectly, it might be difficult to get water into that bottom tray then. Yeah. So. Are you still there, Brenda? Yeah. I said, okay. what else could I do? Yeah. What um, else could I do then? Do you have do you have a dome or something over the over the tray that you're so sowed your seeds can. into? Yeah. Now yeah. that will help keep the moisture in while they are germinating. Yes. Oh, that's what I take off when they're done germinating. Yeah. 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 But okay. yeah, if you're going to be gone for eleven or twelve days, those that stuff is going to need to be watered. So I'd start yeah, training right. him now. <laughs> yes. I know exactly. Um, so, but if I'm going to start them in flats. Um, what do I put them in, or how do I make sure they get water, you know, from be- from below? I'm not sure how you can do that from below unless, unless you can find a bigger flat 
to put them in, and I'm not sure you can find those. I, I, I don't know where you All right. get that. Maybe I should just put them in pots because I've always grown more than I need before. Yeah. Well, if you're starting them in flats, what are, you, are they six packs or what? What is it that you're starting them in? Um, no, it's a flat with um, um, six. Well, I don't know, maybe sixty little pockets. Oh, like a plug tray. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, one thing you could do is cut out the corner of one of those, you know, on one corner, so you could see down into the tray. Oh, quite a nice thing of that. Look at it. <laughs> okay, and that way you can he right. can he can see whether there's water in the tray or not. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, that that should work. Okay, thanks. You You're bet. welcome. Thanks for calling. All right, bye. That means it's time <clears throat> time for you to give us a call. 303-477-2473 is the number to get in here and talk at us or to us or Listen, with us. Sometimes I do what Brenda does and start <clears throat> things already in packs. Yeah. Just direct seed them. Things that have large seeds. And if I want to see if there's water in the tray, I just leave one of the packs out. You can leave one of the packs out, yeah. You can see the the bottom of the tray easily that you way. You might be able to pull the, the six-pack or four-pack or whatever it is out, <clears throat> then water, and put the pack right back in. Well, exactly, it. yeah. But you have to – that that takes some effort rather <clears throat> than just watch walking by and glancing. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. And to make sure you're flat and everything is flat. Yes, and not tilted. Not tilted in one direction or the other. Right. No, right. no tilting allowed. <laughs> no? No. Then your seedlings will grow right. crooked. Hey, I just ordered a plant. I typically don't order plants online. Oh, yeah? And I don't remember how I found this now that I... But I've been looking for it for 20 years. Oh, my goodness. What is it? <laughs> what is this wonderful thing? Ray Woods Weeping Arizona Cypress. Oh. Yeah. I learned about it. I, I like Arizona Cypress. I have a bunch in my front yard. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I've tried a bunch. I have ordered other plants, other cypresses from on, online, and uh, two that I can think of didn't make it. And I wish they would, but apparently they're, those two are not hardy here. Which ones were they? Do you, rem- one, do yes. you remember? Yeah, one is called sapphire, okay, which is a description of the foliage color, and the other one I don't remember the name, but it was yellow, uh, yellow-leafed variety, Ooh, okay, <coughs> which, I th- which I thought would be cool. Well, the first winter took them out. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you live and learn. You still have icy blue, or the yes. icy? Yes, I still have icy blue, which has other names attached. Fandango. To it as well. <laughs> I still have fandango, which the other name is evening sigh. I oh, like that. Name. I like that. Yeah, I really like that name. And uh, will it ever be on the market? I, it's under consideration, I think, through Plant Select. They know about it. I've seen Fandango at Nick's. Yes. and uh, I haven't seen Icy anywhere. Do you have any idea where it came from? Oh, you would ask me that. It wasn't Browns, was it? I want to say it was a New Mexico oh. nursery. Trees of Corvallis. Corvallis, yeah, that's a, that is a nursery. I think that was where it was from. And I have seen it online uh, on a conifer... Uh, Facebook site. Oh, yeah? And um, somebody was inquiring about, you know, didn't know where it came from, and so I gave him the short history of it. Mm-hmm. That's another Alan Taylor introduction. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And those all selections were from southern New Mexico. 
Southern New Mexico. Southern New Mexico, up in the, I want to say the Cook Mountains. Oh, okay. Well, I've never been to it. So at uh, elevation. At elevation. Okay. And they turn out to be, most of them, <laughs> turn out to be hardier. <laughs> Apparently some are not, though, as I found out. Sure. But sure. I, I know Raywood's uh, weeping one is hardy here because they had a, have it at the Botanic Gardens. Well, you need is cutting. Or seeds. Or seeds. Yeah. I, I've got some seeds going. We'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> and and just, there's no guarantee that they'll turn out to be weeping ones either. Oh, oh, yeah, from seed. That's yeah. true. Huh? Or it could be even more weeping. <clears throat> it might be a ground cover. Well, yeah, that'd be kind of cool, I mean, too. You, there are weeping blue spruces, for instance, that must be staked in order to pre present anything in the garden. However, if you don't stake them, they turn into ground covers. I have a ground cover. Yeah. Blue spruce. Pretty cool. Blue, blue, silver blue. Yeah, and most of them are really Pro blue. Procumbens? Sounds like a good name. Yep. Yeah, Picea. What is our what is our blue spruce? Pungens. Picea pungens. Pr Procumbens. Procumbens. Yeah. Anyway, it's a it's a ground cover blue spruce. Never gets more than about a foot tall. Yep. Pretty. Thick. Although you have to watch out for some of these things, like the the globe type blue spruce and the ground cover. Every once in a while, they'll get a wild hair and oh try yeah. to send up a leader. <laughs> That's right. And, and you've got to nip that in the bud. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have to take another break here, and that'll be the last one this hour. I'll give you the opportunity to give us a call at 303-477-2473, right here on Legends 810. What's your lawn good for? After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. You should spend warm summer evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games. But your grass can't take that kind of pounding. Soon you see dry patches that turn into dirt and mud. You need a lawn that has been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado own turf mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in sun or moving shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick, wear-resistant turf, perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus, it's insect, disease, and drought-resistant. Colorado's own turf mix is available at your favorite local independent garden retailer. We've got the cure for spring fever at Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center. Our greenhouse is filled with tropical house plants, including all your favorites and special specimen plants for your collection. Browse through 5,000 square feet of greenhouse with wide aisles and an open air building to assure your safe shopping. Choose from air cleaning, low maintenance, easy care plants, or some special treasure for the green plant enthusiast. While walking through the greenhouse, you'll be surrounded by blooming orchids, hanging ferns, and plants from tabletop size to full-size floor plants. Pinterest-worthy pattern leaves, textures in succulents, and plants with variegated leaves. 
It's a plant lover's dream. Let our knowledgeable staff help you pick out the perfect one for your environment. Our wide selection of pottery comes in all sizes. Think about a plant in a beautiful container as a piece of furniture to complement your home. Incorporate a grouping of plants together as they would grow naturally. Plants are a perfect addition to your home and office. Bringing the greenhouse indoors gives a feeling of calm to your living spaces. While you're here, browse through two floors of gift and home decor showrooms. Plus, take time to smell the roses in our walk-in fresh flower cooler. Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, located at 600 South Public Road in the heart of Lafayette. For more information, visit our website at lafayetteflorist.com. Call us at 303-665-5555 or stop by. We're open daily. Did you find a yard full of pesky weeds last year? Fertilome has a solution for that. Fertilome for All Seasons is one of the longest-lasting weed and grass preventers on the market. It will prevent crabgrass and other weed seeds from germinating for up to six months. So apply it early and let it do the work. It also has a unique blend of slow-release fertilizer that contains important micronutrients, including iron, that will green up your yard all summer long. Use the product the professionals use, Fertilome for All Seasons. Look for Fertilome for All Seasons at these and other independent garden centers. Jared's Nursery in Littleton, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, and the Flower Bin in Longmont. As always, be sure to tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you. It's been a long time since Tagawa Gardens welcomed our guests to an in-person class, but that changes today. This is Luann Aiken, Tagawa's Garden Ambassador. I'm so happy to be launching the return of our free, live, and in-person classes today at 11. The focus this morning is called Starting Seeds, Old Tips and New Tricks. I'll be joined by Linda, my buddy from Dick's Corner at Tagawa's. She's a master gardener trained seed starting guru. We'll work together to show you or perhaps remind you of how to succeed at starting seeds indoors. Linda's also a fan of an increasingly popular seed starting technique called winter sowing. It's simple, inexpensive and fun and well worth trying. This seed starting class begins at 11 today. No pre-registration is necessary. If you like, bring a pad and pen for notes or download the class handout at tagawagardens.com. As Tagawas begins to ramp up our spring class schedule, it's a great time to remind you that our website has lots of free educational content to help you succeed at gardening in Colorado. I've posted around 55 videos on YouTube and more than 140 blogs. Hopefully, there will be a resource of both information and inspiration throughout the gardening season, all at TagawaGardens.com. Remember, we are Tagawas, your garden store, and so much more. Hey, we're back. We're taking your phone calls about gardening, and right now we have two calls on the board. Yes, we do. Brad is up first out in uh, Arvada. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, wise guys. What's going on with your bad self today? Uh, yeah, uh, I plan on uh, planting some uh, strawberries in containers uh, this year. And uh, I called you uh, a few weeks back about uh, what kind of potting mix to use, and you suggested uh, Fertilome Ultimate Potting Mix or the Happy Frog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, either one of those. Okay. And if you're using these... Um, should you uh, have 100% potting mix, or should you add dirt to it? Well, no. No, just potting mix. <laughs> okay. And uh, when you're, uh, if you're going to put fertilizer in it, should you put the fertilizer in before you plant the uh, strawberry plants, or wait a few days afterwards? What kind of fertilizer are you looking at putting in? 
Uh, well, uh, that I don't know yet. Uh, I don't know. Well, if you're going to go with a slow release like an Osmocote that releases gradually over a period of months, you can mix that into the soil before you plant. Uh, otherwise, I would probably just go with a, a water-soluble, a, a powder that you mix with water and, and use on a regular basis during the growing season. Okay. Okay, that's good. And uh, what about, uh, what's your opinion of miracle Grow potting mix? I haven't checked that lately. I know in the past <clears throat> I haven't liked it at all. No. But I, it, it, the formulations change from year to year, so I, I would have to go out and get a bag and open it and take a look-see. But in the past, I have not liked that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think I'll, I'll stay with the Fertilone then. Okay. Yeah, Happy Frog is a little heavier. It'll stay moist longer than the Fertilone. So depending on whether you're in overwater or underwater or what have you, I mean... Go with the Fertilome if you have a tendency to water too much. Go with the Happy Frog if you have a tendency to water too little. Okay, that uh, that sounds good, and that answers my questions then. All right. Well, thanks for your Thank call, you. Brad. Thanks. One thing I wanted to mention to everybody out there, de when dealing with soils, potting soil, seeding mixes, that sort of thing, I find that unless it's coming fresh from a freshly opened bag, you're going to have to re-wet the soil. Have you, have you experienced that, Jim? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when, once you open a fresh bag, the, uh, most potting soils have what are called uh, an adjuvant, uh, uh, what do you call it? A, a wetting, wetting agent. agent yeah. uh, a wetting agent added to them. <clears throat> well, that's a temporary thing. It only lasts for so long. And so when you get it fresh out of the potting, out of the bag, It'll absorb water immediately, and you won't have any problems. But if that bag has been open for a week or 10 days or more, um, it has a tendency to dry out. And then you put, it in, you put that bag, uh, that, that soil into a pot, and you water it, and the water beads up on top and doesn't soak in. Or maybe it looks like it soaks in, but then you dig around and find out that just the top very skin of this potting soil is wet, and it's still powder dry underneath that. And to me, that tells me that, that that soil is sort of, I don't know what you call it, hydrophobic. Mm -hmm. So I will typically take and put what I'm going to use into a, a tray or a, a bucket or something like that and add some water to it. Then get in there with your hands and work that moisture into the soil before you use it. And, and it doesn't need to be sloppy wet, obviously. It needs to be just slightly moistened. But... Um, you'll find that it works a lot better when you yeah, do that. I typically do that and then just let it sit for a couple hours if I can. Is that right? And come back and it, now it has absorbed, every particle's absorbed some moisture and that's what I want. Yeah. And a lot of times when I'm done transplanting, especially seedlings, but even when I'm doing cuttings, after I've done, I've potted them up and that sort of thing, I just stand them in a tray of water for a couple of hours. Yeah, I mean the same thing. And sure. it, it absorbs from the bottom and just to make sure that everything gets well hydrated. Yep. And speaking of hydrated, this has no relationship to that whatsoever. There are new echinaceas on the market. Mm. Brand new ones, never before seen by man anywhere. You're not and serious. Our, and our number right now is 748 cultivars or Whoa. selections of coneflowers. We might break 100 this year. Or not 800. 800, this year. I don't know. Well, uh, this week I added three. Sombrero Poco Hot Pink. Guess what color that is? 
Hmm. Sensation Black Pearl. I'm not sure where that name comes from. I think the stem's a little darker than usual. Oh, okay. And Dark Shadows Mystic. Okay. Same thing with that. So there you go. I'm just keeping you up. And if you want to see pictures of them, they're on our, on our Facebook page. Ask uh, the Garden Wise Guys. Ask the Garden Wise Guys? <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> sure about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll combine two shows here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So absolutely. Um, we put all kinds of stuff on our Facebook page during the week. I post things that I'm doing in my grow room, getting things transplanted and seeded mm-hmm. and cutting, taking cuttings and that sort of thing. My daughter-in-law says she wants to help me do videos. Okay. So I think I'll, hold, I'll take her up on that. Is she a videographer? Apparently. Or will be. <laughs> Once you're done. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But uh, right now we've got Bob on the line. We do have some open lines. So if you want to call in right now, the phone number is 303-477-2473. Bob did that. And we're going to say good morning to Bob. Hey, good morning. What's going on today, Bob? Hey, I got a question about. Uh, I put. I used uh, the beet pots. I got uh, some cantaloupe and some peppers, and uh, after after I planted them, you guys mentioned that uh, not to use beet beet pots. Uh, well, I, I'm not going to say not to use them. It's just not my favorite thing to use, uh, simply because they don't seem to decompose or degrade once they're put into the soil fast enough here in our soils. Um, So if you're using a peat pot, when you plant them outdoors, I would at least peel off the top half of the peat pot all the way around. How about if I cut off the uh, bottom? That will help too. But what I worry about is that that portion of the pot that ends up sticking above ground, and it acts like a wick. And it dries out that peat pot portion so the roots can't get through the peat pot. Oh, okay. So if you can break that down, take off that top inch or inch and a half of, of the um, peat pot when you plant it. And take off the bottom if you can without okay. doing too much damage to the roots. Um, then you can do that just fine. But try not to leave anything sticking above ground. Oh, all right. Okay. That'll work. Is that, has that been your experience, Oh, Jim? absolutely. Absolutely. If you can, uh, depending on what the stature of the pot is, I'd, we'll take a knife and just slice down through the sides as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. All right. I'll do that. Okay. Listen to you guys, listen to you guys all the time. So. Well, thanks for calling. We appreciate you listening. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh, Bye. Bob. Bye-bye. And I guess once we've done all of that, I, <laughs> I wonder... Why did I use this in the first place? <laughs> Why not just use a little plastic pot? Yeah. And like dump the whole root system out. Exactly. Now, now the entire root system has access to your garden soil. Mm-hmm. And the plastic pot is reusable. And it's reusable. Yep. So <clears throat> I'm not saying don't use no. plantable pots. I'm just saying you need to know what to do with them to do to make make yourself successful. Yeah, make the whole experience successful. That's with the peat pot and also those compressed peat things and there's coir the as well little donuts They're oh not yeah donuts. What, are they, what are they called the jiffy those? jiffy sevens jiffy sevens and jiffy nines yeah. it, it, it's it's a peat pot that's been compressed <laughs> and you stick it in mo- moisture and it swells up yeah and, then and has a little it. mesh around it yeah. to hold it together that mesh never decomposes no it by doesn't the way. It, i think it's 
And again, it's one of these items I haven't used in years, and maybe they've changed the formulation, but originally that mesh was plastic. Mm-hmm. So it was never going to break down. Right. At least not in my lifetime. And I'd just soon keep that kind of stuff out of the garden. And away from wild animals and birds and that sort of thing. Yeah, we don't they want... They can get yeah. caught up in that stuff. Yeah. So just be careful. I mean, they work. Lots of things work. Some things, in my opinion, seem to work better than others. That's all. Or easier than others. And, and or easier. Yes, exactly. And or reusable. But I'd, I'd love to hear anybody else's experience with those plantable pots, whether it's peat or coir or, you know, there's there's these little things you can buy to make pots out of newspaper, old newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> if you've had good success using any of those things, I'd love to hear about it and and how you deal with it when you plant it out in the garden. I don't think people are using tar paper anymore. No, I would hope not. <laughs> they were when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> tar paper pots. Uh, now, I suspect that they made them themselves. Um, I don't know if anybody caught on to that and, and manufactured them commercially, but... Yeah, in our neighborhood, um, you could uh, almost every every small plant came in a tar paper pot. Oh my goodness! Which typically you could just peel off pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Tar, what kind of tar paper? The exact same kind of stuff that went on your roof. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> hey, it worked. What can I say? Well, I remember our friend Charlie Martin, the Tomato Man, yeah. when I was a kid. <laughs> You know, a lot of the things like pansies and so forth, he would just plant in the ground. And you say, yeah, I want those four. Yeah, and he'd dig them up And he'd for dig them up and then wrap them <laughs> up in a newspaper. Newspaper, yes. Uh-huh. And he'd send you home with them. That was before plastic pots. I have a flat, at, <laughs> a wooden flat at home. By the way, yeah. they were all wooden flats back when. Wooden flats, yeah. Um, Absolutely. And the pots were, this is a, hard, a little hard to describe, of almost wafer-thin wood. Yeah. That was that was compressed so that they looks like you like you take a, a box and compress it so it's just flat, and this this flat was filled with those compressed wooden small boxes, uh-huh. and you would take them out and press the sides and they'd open up into a little box and put them back into the flat and use them that way. Yeah. Oh, we had all kinds <laughs> of things, you know. Um, nursery stock used to come. I remember getting that in uh, those buckets, those metal buckets. Metal buckets, yeah. That uh, had food in them at one time, whether it was <laughs> eggs or whatever, That's but right. these five gallon <clears throat> metal cans. And then you'd have to have a can cutter. A can cutter. Or and you could take it home and attempt to do it with your metal snips or something. Right. And spend, you know, an hour. <laughs> <laughs> getting your plan out of there. And cutting up your and, hands. And cutting up your hands. Because then it's razor sharp. <laughs> or if you use the can cutter, that was quick and easy. Yeah, you'd cut down you'd cut down the side of the pot on both on both two sides. sides. Yeah. And then what do you do with it? It's gonna flop open. Yep. So then you have to put something around it to hold it together for the customer to take home in one piece and hopefully not tear up their <laughs> car upholstery. <laughs> In the process, because then you're at fault for that. Yeah. Oh, it was a mess. It was indeed. We'll talk about more messes when we come back from this break at the top of the hour. But it's a very short one, so consider giving us a call while we're gone. You have to be quick, because it's going to be short right here in Legends 810. 